Hello and welcome to Chat Time. This is a platform where we speak to project professionals to help us realize that our problems on projects are often shared and solvable and that the solutions we seek often already lie within our own project teams. Join me as I speak with project professionals to learn from their experiences so we can all deliver more powerful projects. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for a Projecting with People project interview. Today, our special guest is a project manager. He has had 10 years of experience in the IT industry and has probably worked in quite a few different roles within that time. He has generously offered me 30 minutes of his time to give you some insights into his career as well as some of his pain points, and hopefully we can work through some of those together. So please make welcome my guest, Didier Pindia. How are you going? Very well, thank you. Thank you again for joining me. So how about you tell us a little bit about how you got into Project World? My project journey started 10 years ago. Prior to that, I was in the finance industry, very heavily invested in that, that uh, finance industry. I was there for, for a long time, quite enjoying my job as I, I, I thought I did. <laughs> Look, I was my role there was pretty much lending money to people. I was doing the same thing day in, day out. So after a while, I said, you know, I wanted a, a career change. I did. I wasn't sure that I liked it anymore. And someone I knew uh, kindly, you know, said to me, "Hey, you, you, you. I think you'll like IT. I, I think you'll be, you, you'll, you'll do well." Not knowing, not knowing what that world was all about, I kind of, you know looked into it a little bit and trusted the source and so I took the step I, I took the step and uh, my first gig was a was a three three month gig at a company uh, that I still work for um uh, Yep, three three months stint resetting passwords for the SAP application. SAP being the it's one of the applications that we use in IT. And yeah, resetting passwords. I went in there. They they said to me, look, press this button, press this button, and that's that's all I knew about IT. Really, didn't know anything about what the teams did or, or how they 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 work together. But sure enough, look, after a while, I started I became more comfortable and confident, and. Uh, the team leader there said to me, "Hey, uh, did you want to reset some other passwords for another application?" I said, well, <laughs> "Yeah, sure." So my my three three months actually extended to six months. And uh, look, I, I think I I think uh, just by asking questions and, and and showing some interest in you know the whole the whole industry, I, w- I was I was curious. I, I very much likened it to to what I usually do at home in terms of the the, the stuff that, that that I do day in day out, uh, and you know programming my 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 Foxtel for, uh, you know, to, to record something or just, just little things like that as an example. But anyway, so look, I, by, by asking questions, I went to the service desk. Um, I was offered a position in the service desk. So I took that, uh, did, did my time in the service desk. After a while, again, uh, showing more interest and, and understanding more about the, the different teams and the way that they work, I was offered a position in, in change management. So change management taught me a lot. It was very, very relative to the way that the projects work. And I soon found that out because you have a lot of projects coming onto into the, the weekly cab meeting. Uh, so, so I, I kind of I understood that, you know, that they follow a lot of processes, same same as we did in in, in service desk, but uh, in terms of you know implementation, testing, and all that, all that kind of all those processes. So, just to interrupt for a second, Didier. Yeah. So, when you say change management, you're not talking about change management where you know you're doing corporate affairs, you're helping people going through the changes. So, it's not a cultural change manager. 
That's right. Technical change manager whereby any sort of technical thing or project needs to um, implement or take on some sort of a change to a system or to a process and things, there's actually a technical board that you go to and you help to facilitate some of the, the admin things that need to be required. Is that that that's right? that's exactly right. Yeah. So not not the people management, not the process. People that uh, change process change. It's more about the IT IT change. So uh, which follows very very similar um, patterns. But yeah, right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So look, I think after my change management stint, uh, I, I became acquainted with a lot of project managers, and uh, I was again offered a position on on a on a project as a as a coordinator, which is not dissimilar to to the change management role. So. You know, I went, went along there and, and I started doing the, the, the coordination of different projects, understanding more, learning more. And yeah, was was able to, you know, I was given a project to run myself. So just investing the, the, the time and, and, and having the interest and, and you know, speaking out and asking questions, I suppose, uh, has led me to, to project management. Fantastic. And so on your journey so far, I mean, Given the fact that you did not come from a project life at all and didn't really even know what, you know, project people do, um, when you did finally find yourself onto projects, did it feel like so grossly different to the things that you did or the skills that you have? Or did you find that you, you know, you were able to transfer a lot of the things that you already had into the project world? Absolutely relatable to, to my day, day-to-day life. Like, um, you know, I tinker a lot with uh, with cars and uh, automotive, uh, you know, electronics and stuff like that. So I'd, for example, put a, put a, a stereo in a car. But before I do that, I need to know what kind of stereo I'm putting and how many amperage and all that kind of technical detail, which which I don't get to now. But yeah, that was fun at the time. You you'd make a plan and you'd have it. You'd, you'd put that that in, and then you'd have to test it, right? You'd test test to make sure that, that that it's all working okay. And then my son would get in the car. Are you happy with the sound? You know, and so, so then you get the, the, the business. Uh, okay. I love it. Yeah. The test, testing um, plan was, was solid. And, and then, yeah, obviously closure. Closure mean cleaning everything up, chucking the old one out, this decommissioning and all that kind of stuff. So, look, that's, that's just a simple example, but absolutely every, like, you know, very relatable to, to my life. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, this is something that I talk to my clients about all the time because a lot of my clients are actually business professionals who are very, very good at what they do, but they've either recently found themselves delivering projects or not ever really thought that they delivered projects, you know, and sort of when you start to say, well, you're actually a project professional, they they get a little bit shocked about it because they don't think that they have those skills. And then when you sort of talk them through it, it's exactly that. We've all done projects. We do projects all the time. If you're doing a renovation, if you're buying a house, if you're renting, if you're moving house, you know, you're, you're planning your wedding, your child, all that sort of stuff. They're all projects that we prepare ourselves for. So we're all quite good at it. Or even if you buy a new pair of shoes, you know, you have a budget, you've got a timeline, you, all those things still happen. So anybody can deliver projects is often what I say, which is wonderful. And so on your career, Didier, with, with projects, what would be one of your highs and perhaps one of your lows? Um, look, I think uh, probably one of the highs um, was a company merge pretty much. Uh, so the, with, with uh, within while I was exiting or, or um, in the change management role, actually, we had a company merge, which opened up a lot of opportunities. So, so the, the company merged into two different companies. A lot of lot of opportunity came, and I suppose it just created created opportunity for me. It also it also shook up the momentum, I guess, uh, of of that IT company that 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 I worked for in terms of 
you know, new processes, new people, fresh, a fresh beginning kind of thing. So, uh, and, and that worked well for me anyway. Um, look, a, a project a, a low would probably be um, that the lowest point is probably when, when I when I came into IT and I did I, I knew nothing. I knew nothing, and it was it was scary. It was a scary world, knowing knowing finance as well as I did, taking a leap, you know, not not understanding what what a, a server was and and how how it was so relative to to the applications we use uh, or the networking components, that kind of thing, right? So just just the unknown, yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty scary. That was probably the biggest low. Yeah, I can imagine, and it's particularly when you've come from a career where you probably you were the senior, you knew what you were doing, you were probably dictating some of the terms and things, and then having to take such a big step back. But was it worth it? Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't go back in that at all. Fantastic. Well, that's yeah. a very, very good story to tell. So on your journey, what have you, I mean, we've kind of asked about your high and low, and I know you mentioned about starting again, that career change was probably a low for you, but what would be your biggest battle or maybe a couple of, you know, top battles on projects? So your pain points, I suppose. Yeah, look, um, one of one of the the biggest pain points, I suppose. I'll, I'll fast forward to to today as a project manager. When I'm setting up the project, there's you go through through your uh, your normal everyday doing a schedule, doing a plan, all, all that kind of thing, getting the budget, and and then it comes to people, right? People building a team, I find, is always a solid team is, is always the hardest thing. You you can you can build a team with with very experienced people, but is there is there that chemistry? You know, the, the chemistry for me is probably the biggest, the most important thing within a project team. Simply, I mean, if you've got a good team, things work. You can make things work. If you've got a bad team, they just don't see it. It just gears grinding. Do, do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I'd love to know what is your definition of a bad team. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a bad team as, as such, but just a team without chemistry. You know, for for example, you might have you might have an issue. Someone might might be unwell, right? And um, happens to all of us. Uh, at the moment, it's very at the moment is very common. And that person may may not be in a position to take time off. So they might be at a fifty percent capacity as as what they they normally are. Now, a, a, a bad team would, you know, could possibly say, "Well, it's he, he's not delivering on his, his his section there," or just, do you know, what I mean, like an example. Good chemistry, I find obviously the opposite of that. So everyone would pitch in, everyone would would, would pick up the slack and 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 bring, you know, and, and move move to the same same goal, to the same direction. Regardless, you know, someone might have to leave. The, those other people would do what they need to do to be able to pick up that slack and and, and carry the team forward. Until we can get a replacement, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. No, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Okay, so I guess I have two questions. The first question is, who sets up your team? Do you choose the people who become who form your project team, or is that something that's done for you? No, look, it's, it's largely, um, you know, project management will, will project managers will, will interview and, and choose the team. Yeah, absolutely. As as uh, with not just where where I work, but probably a lot common, very common around around the uh, the industry, my industry anyway. You know people, right? So uh, if, as a project manager, I know that this person has done a good job previously. Let's bring him on. I found that myself when when I was doing project coordinator role, I did well in the project, and they were happy with what I did. So that same project manager brought me somewhere else on another project, and 
just, yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. And so if you get to pick your people yourself, why wouldn't you always end up with a good team? Team chemistry is different to obviously um, the, the technical ability of, of, of your team. Um, so you might need a certain person to that that does something really, really well. And you, you kind of need that person for that, for that, uh, uh, that purpose. But he clashes with the other team, the, the rest of the team members, right? So he, she, sorry, <laughs> clashes with the, the rest of the team members. So and and you know you might sometimes you might need just need to manage that that person and and that 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 environment. It could it can become it can very quickly become a very toxic environment when no no one really gets anything done if if it's not I suppose managed properly. But look again to to have a team that with good chemistry that flow nicely together. That's, I think that's where it makes the dream work. I think the, the, yeah, yeah, I No, I, I understand. No, and totally. Mm, and mm. I think the thing is, is that good chemistry comes with time. You know, it comes with trust. So, yeah. and you can't develop trust overnight, you know, particularly when you don't know somebody because people don't develop trust based on somebody's title or their years of experience. They base trust based on how they feel they're being responded to and how they get to respond to somebody else as well. So that's why it's so important give you some of my tips and insights as to how I think, you know, that could work and some of the things that you you potentially could consider. But before I do, I guess the question I have is, well, you mentioned before about um, you do sometimes need to bring somebody on because they have the right skills versus, you know, the right attitude, if you like, you know, for lack of a better term. And I totally understand that we've all been there and we've all sort of had to do that or at least known of that situation happening. I think there is a very fine line between, you know, how much of the technical skill set do you accept or do you go for and at a, at a cost, you know, and compromise the way that somebody his attitude, you know, fits into the rest of the team? Because I think sometimes, sometimes you actually have to make a call when it comes to the technical skills and go and find somebody who's maybe not as technically savvy and train them up a little bit or go and pay somebody else a little bit more money. But getting the right environment actually is much, much more critical because otherwise if it blows up, nobody trusts that person and you're going to end up having to manage every, like when we say manage everything, you can't possibly be everywhere at the right at, at the same time, you know, and you don't always know. And sometimes when, when the team feel like they don't want to deal with a particular person, it's very hard to come back from that place, particularly when you have a high-pressured environment. You, know, you end up putting putting out spot fires pretty much. Absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes those spot fires can't be put out and that's part of the problem. So you kind of have to make compromises in terms of what you're delivering and, and the relationships and, you know, and it has a lot more side effects as well. So, um, but I'd like to know, how do you manage it? So, you know, you talked about before that you have to manage it. Give me maybe one or two examples of how you would manage that scenario. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It just It's just more for can somebody else relate to that situation, you know, which I'm sure they can, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, it, it is it is a difficult one. I've tried different different tactics and, and, and not, not, not in no specific order, but obviously team building exercises, um, you know, trying to find something that they have in common. And, and I mean, look, I, I'll use one example where we did have a problematic, excellent, excellent resource, very technical and knew exactly what he was doing, but didn't fit in with the team. But chocolate seemed to be the 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 uh, the common point where he loved chocolate, and, and and someone else on the team 
that there was a bit of a clash with Love Chocolate and <laughs> that brought them together, right? So uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's... Fixes so many wounds, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. But, but look, um, look it, it, is, it is a bit of a hard one. You've tried to... Try to I've always tried to, to kind of fi- find something in common where, where they can speak without having an argument. Or uh, look, if if that if that really comes down to it, I, I guess try try the opposite way, putting putting him in in a room and no one else, just just those two and and myself, and and talking it out. Really, sometimes when when they're not confronted, but if if they're put in in front of each other, you'll see a lot of those walls come down, and and they kind of you know can't calm down and and start talking. Talking to each other and, and just talking through it, yeah, a lot of the times works as well, yeah. I think that's a terrific strategy, you know, because half of the time people have a problem with somebody else but they never tell them face-to-face, you yeah, know, yeah. or they write to each other and, you know, you can see that the email tone gets more and more heated. But once you see that those two people, as you've said, you put them in a room, most people don't like conflict, mm. you know, and most people then realize, hang on, that's a real person. You know, I can relate to that person in some shape. Well, maybe I don't feel like I can relate to them, but they are a person. And it's much harder for me to be as angry, especially when they're talking to me, you know, and I've got nowhere else to go. I've got no other defenses. So I think that's a terrific strategy. (laughs) Some of the things that I recommend is firstly, and maybe this is something that you do, because I guess we haven't sort of gone through what's your process. And we probably, I'd love to be able to hear some of that stuff, but we haven't, don't have the time. One of the the first things I do, and I would always recommend is when you first develop that team, there are some ground rules that you need to set up. That's the first thing. But even before then, people need to understand what kind of culture are you actually aiming to achieve, you know, because for some people, It might be, you know, fluffy, nice, we all work together and I really want to know what you do on the weekend. You know, that's sort of, that's a perfect culture for me. But for other people, it's like, I don't want to really talk to anybody unless I have to and I just want to get my work done. And there's no necessarily right or wrong way to work, but there there has to be some sort of general consensus amongst everybody. So there are a couple of things, you know, if I was to unpack that, I'd say when you first form the team, I always do and recommend a that team bonding that you're talking about, but team bonding can be really, really fluffy where everybody says, okay, let's go grab a beer or, you know, let's go grab a drink or these days it's much harder. Let's grab a drink over Zoom, you know, that type of scenario, but, or let's make it a fun Zoom meeting um, just as a team and, and go around the room and introduce each other. That's fine. But what you really want to do is what are we all trying to achieve out of this, right? We're all trying to help each other when we do get sick. And at the moment, And going forward, this is a real reality. So, you know, how do we make sure that we develop and bring that trust in, you know, bring it up to speed as quickly as we can? We can't, you'll never be able to fast track it too much. But I think if people understand what roles they do firstly, so am I clear on the role that I do? And then am I clear on the role that my team does, each individual? So we're not talking about titles. We're talking about you, Didier, as a person, what do you do every day, you know? And maybe that means I shadow you and you shadow me, you know, for half of the day or for a couple of hours or whatever it might mean. Or maybe we do, you know, a spotlight of a team member per week where we sort of talk about for half an hour, that person gets the limelight and they get to tell me what is it that they do, you know, or they get to tell the team what is it that they do. And then I want to hear about what is your pain point, you know, as a team member, And I'll tell you mine, you know, because if we understand and sometimes the pain points are caused by the team 
And that's why somebody becomes more bitter with the team, you know, because they feel like that person, every single time they meet with my stakeholder, they go and give them the wrong information or they never get what I need from them, you know. Or they'll promise something that I haven't promised. Absolutely. <laughs> and all of those things are things that we can all go, oh, yeah, I can nod my head and, you know, relate to those mm. scenarios. But if I know that, Didier, your gripe is when people do da-da-da, you know, um, or or whatever it might be for you, then I'm going to consciously be more aware and trying not to do those sorts of things. Mm. And as a team, if we all start to do that and we all understand this is how we make that person's life easier. So when I'm going to speak to, you know, that person or their stakeholder, I'm going to make sure that I already get it because maybe they never even asked me to, but I already know that if I got that information for them, it would make their life so much easier. Or Mm. I know that if I was to just add an extra field when I'm capturing requirements, you know, to capture the date of something, for example, that's Mm. just going to make that developer's life so much easier. Why wouldn't I do it? So that, and that, if somebody does something nice for you or does something to help you, that definitely helps, you know, in aiding trust, right? So that's one example, but but it's not just then fluffy team bonding, you know, where we have a beer together because I might not even like beer, you know, mm. and I might just be going there thinking about what time we get to leave and go home because I don't really care about that sort of stuff. But what I do care about is somebody getting the right requirements or somebody not stuffing up the work that I do, you know. So, mm. and I think that's one of the key things. If we know what job we're supposed to be doing and then we know what our team is doing, it's much easier to then say, okay, well, when you're out, I can help with this. Or maybe you do those shadowing. You know, that's something else that I've you know, seen done really well and I've done um, where they do like they do shadowing. You might be a developer and I might be, you know. Network engineer. A coordinator. Yep. Or coordinator, yep. You know? yep. Because yep. I'm not technical and you are. But I can still shadow you because I still know the people you need to speak to. I can still flow some of the work that needs to happen and the process mm-hmm. that you go through, you know, and some of your frustrations or some of your wins, for example, those sorts of things, you know, and then you can swap that. But what that's doing is not only is that making the developer's job a lot easier if they do need to take that downtime, mm-hmm. somebody can help. But on top of that, it's actually empowering the coordinator. Because they're learning a lot more, you know, mm. as well. So it's actually multitasking too. And I think those sorts of things really help build that bond or that chemistry, as you call it. And I love that term. You know, it, tr- it truly is chemistry. And then the other thing is, is it's about creating very strong boundaries, you know, so as a team, but doing it together because we all have individual boundaries, right? And they'll be different. But as a team, when you first sort of, if you were to kick off your project and say, okay, this is we're doing, we're building our team chemistry and this is how we do it, right? I'll tell you what my role is. You guys tell me what your role is. Tell me what a good thing for you is, you know, what people do and what a bad thing is as an example. And then I want you to tell me, you know, how you can empower me, for example, what we can do together, you know? So you know, those, those are sorts of examples. But then let's talk about what are the boundaries? What are the things that I just, like, for example, don't ask me to work weekends. I'm not doing it. You know, or don't send me an email at 11 o'clock and, at night and tell me, you know, you don't have to respond. Just don't send me emails at 11 o'clock at night as a, as a team, unless that's your environment. But whatever it is, you know, you suit around your environment, obviously, but whatever it is that is as a team, and maybe you have a list of what everybody's ideal boundary would be, and then you vote as a collective. So we've set it together, you know, so mm. it's harder to break those sorts of agreements when you've done it together. And it's easier to hold people to account when they do break it because you know it, you did it as a team. You, you were in on it, you know. Yeah. So not that we're looking to 
you know, to put that negative spotlight, but it is about accountability and ownership too. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep, yep. Look, I think uh, from an accountability uh, perspective, uh, yeah, that, that that is that has been one of my pain points. So, um, yeah, some of those points that you gave me there is probably yeah, that sounds like it, it could potentially work. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give that a go. Perfect, excellent. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear back from you, you know, as to how that those things work, you know. But you're doing an amazing job. It sounds like it, and, and I love the fact that you're finding all the opportunities on projects, which I'm a big. You know, I'm a big um, commandeer for to say that there are so many projects, opportunities that lie ahead, not only for the project, you know, I guess the project that you're rolling out in the business, but also for you as an individual. Look at, you're a perfect example of that. Look at the career path and the trajectory that you've taken, you know, because they are so many of your skills anyway. You know, you can, yeah. you can organize that. So. I, did, I didn't actually realize that until I actually went in IT and I was like, hang on a minute, I've done this before. <laughs> yes, and I think the trick is, is finding the industry that, fits right for you but in terms of projects itself i guess if you're somebody who doesn't want because there is pro there is pressure that comes with projects that goes without saying you know if that's not your thing um you know and you want to do the same thing all the time without change then obviously that's not for you but there are plenty of opportunities if it if that's that is you absolutely yeah yeah and look thank you so much do you have any parting words for us before we leave you didier Oh look! I think uh, if you're not sure about it, just ask the questions. Just ask the questions. If 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 IT is something that that you could potentially or, or, or projects is is something that could potentially you've looked at and you you're interested in, then then ask the questions. It is a great a great place to be, a great uh, in the industry to be in, um, in terms of uh, yeah, project management specifically. It is a niche market because once you start doing projects. Those those project uh, skills are are transferable to different industries as well. In terms of one could be telecom, one could be energy, or whatever. But project project managers they 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 seem to they seem to come come and go. You know, so I think if you if you have any interest at all, just give it a go. It's actually not very hard at all. <laughs> that's uh, that, that's probably the, the, the yeah. easiest way to. Uh, Absolutely. And I think I'll extend that to say it's not just, I mean, project management is something that I've also done, but I've also done the other roles and obviously you have too. Just the world of projects I think is quite exciting and interesting. It doesn't have to be management. You might not be interested in management at all. Yeah, absolutely. I love the idea of being on projects, you know. Yeah, and being being part of a team and and, and the the kind of the feeling that you get, uh, you know, it's not very often that a project fails because if you've all got the common goal of, of success, then it's it, you know you, you you're more than likely to succeed. So and that that feeling that you get when you're actually delivering something uh, new to the business and, and and ticking off those those requirements that that you set from the very start, you know, it's it's a, it's a sense of achievement. So and and then the beauty about it is that you leave that behind and you start a new project. Right. So it's not it's not that uh, the same thing, mundane thing every every single day. Next time you might be something completely different, but it's, it's still a project, right? So, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much for your time and all of your wonderful insights and helpful hints too. Thank you again for your time, Didi, and I look forward to hearing how those um, some of those tips and tricks have helped you if they have. Absolutely. Looking forward to the next conversation. Excellent. Take care. Thanks, Karina. Thanks,